to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yeah, what's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, William Spencer, and you are now listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Oh, man. Week one is almost done. We're in the books for another... Uh, frustrating yeah watching the cowboys lose on sunday sunday night to the rams was a bit heartbreaking but you know I, i'll say at least you know it, it i i really don't know i honestly i was looking for a little bit more but it's the beginning of the season a lot of teams didn't look right um so i can't cast too much doubt on what's been going on with the cowboys it sucks, but we lost Blake Jarwin for the season. He tore his ACL. That's rough. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is out. He's going to be out for at least eight weeks with a, a collarbone injury, man. It's just you don't you hope that your players can make it through the injury bug before, uh, you know, before the season really gets going. You want them to all be healthy throughout the season. But, you know, without a proper training camp, you know, a short, no preseason. It's just injuries are just something that we're going to have to expect, you know, going forward for the next couple of weeks. You know, it just seems like that's what the way things are going. But yes, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys losing to the Rams was rough. But hey, the Eagles lost too. So you know what? It's not all bad. <laughs> they lost to the, they lost to the Washington no names. Now, if you don't follow me on Twitter, I can be a tad petty, you know, in terms of football talk. I I do love to talk trash talk. Uh, you know, I don't hide, you know, from, you know, if you want to talk to me about, you want to talk trash to, about the Cowboys losing and the Rams to the Rams and all that stuff. And you're an Eagles fan. I'm fine with it. But just know it's going to come back around. So, you know, both teams are 0-1 to start the season, but if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm a little nervous. Eight sacks by the Washington defense, which was one of my fantasy picks, by the way. You know, shout out to that. Nobody, at the beginning of the game, everybody was like, oh, you know, and I, I wavered a little bit, but it was still my pick, so I had to I had to ride it out. And, you know, guys was coming at me, oh, you, you only picked the Washington defense because you're a hater. That's the only reason you picked them. No. You know, as, as much flack as I get for my football IQ, and I'm doing the air quotes while I'm saying it, my football IQ, I landed that one. <laughs> so give me some credit. You don't doubt me, I will pull the receipts. <laughs> but let me get back to the show. Uh, You know, in this episode, we're going to be going over the uh, divisional breakdown for the NFC North. I know you're kind of like, well, Will, why are you still doing the divisional breakdowns? We're already into the season. Well, I did want to clean these up. I wanted to finish them out for the uh, as we go on. But don't worry. I got you covered. We're still going to talk a little week one action. I'm still going to give you some waiver wires because, you know, our episodes normally drop on Tuesday and Thursday. So, you know, waivers is right around the corner for for week one as we head into week two. I got you covered on some waivers. I'm going to throw some guys at you who I think you might want to be interested in and picking them up. But, um, you know, we're still going to finish. We still have the NFC North to do, which we're going to do in this episode. And then we're going to finish up with the NFC East um, and finish that episode. And that one will drop on Thursday. So we'll we'll be all caught up and then we can jump right into the full goal for the regular season. But, you know, in both episodes, we're still going to give you some tastes of uh, – you know, previews for week two and all that good stuff. So don't even worry about it. Um, as far as week one goes, if you caught the Russell Wilson buzzsaw, don't feel bad. It's about time that they let Russ throw the ball. He threw the ball for about 44 freaking times, four touchdowns. I'm like, I'm I'm glad that he did it, but unfortunately the, the opponent I went uh, up against in one of my leagues had Rus- not only did he have Russell Wilson, he had Devontae Adams too. Both of them guys went off. That's 80. It was like some 80-something points in PPR between the both of them. 
I was like, oh, crap. And Devontae Adams just dismantled the uh, Minnesota Vikings defense. They secondary. Shout out. It was ridiculous. I loved it because I got Devontae Adams on another one of my teams, but I don't like going up against them. That was crazy. And uh, who else? And, you know, Monday night. I'm going I'm to be a little all over the place real quick before we jump into our news. But uh, if this like I said, this is going to release on Tuesday. So you're going to we uh, actually caught the some of the Monday night game. I actually got the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos game on now. And I'm kind of hoping that Denver loses so I can talk trash to Mark when he come back on. <laughs> but man, James Conner. That's a it's a hurt piece because I'm really pulling for this guy this season, man. I really want James Conner. I got him as one of my comeback players this year. I really want James Conner to like just light the world on fire in his contract year. But he went out early in the game with an ankle injury. I'm sitting here wondering, I'm like, where's where's Conner at? Like they didn't say anything at first. And then, you know, you get the notifications on Twitter like up. Oh, James Conner is not coming back into the game. You know, he's out with an ankle injury. And I'm seeing Benny Snell got all these uh, carries. Now, I will say this. If I told you, I told you when I talked about James Conner in, in my uh, comeback player episode, that if you're going to go after James Conner, you got to grab Benny Snell because he's the backup. So I hope that you did that. Because even though you, you may have started him this week, you still covered your behind with Benny Snell just in case he doesn't start next week. And I fully expect that if James Conner can start next week in week two, they're going to give him the workload. Now, it's all a matter of if his body's going to hold up. You know, this is not a good look for James Conner to, you know, to go out in a game in the first game of the season, play a quarter and a half and then get bumped with an ankle injury. So, you know, Twitter's just is on fire with this one. They really coming at James Conner. And I kind of feel bad for him because he's got a good story. You know, he's a player that's come back through so much in his life. You know, he's got the talent, but he his body just doesn't agree with him when it comes to playing football, man. It's weird, but hopefully he'll be able to play through the season, you know, the rest of the way and um, really get things going. Um, If you lost week one, you know, don't sweat it. Remember that even though you lost week one, it's just week one. Your overreaction is going to be warranted. It's understandable. You did not expect the things that happened to go this way. Everybody wants to win week one. Sometimes you don't. Don't overreact. As much as hard as it is, and I can't stress this enough, don't overreact to the players having bad games. Nick Chubb had a tough match against Baltimore Ravens, one of the best run defenses in the league. He got bottled up. The Browns looked horrible. The the, uh, Ravens jumped out to a big lead. It was all she wrote. Now, I didn't see Kareem Hunt coming in and taking that much of a workload uh, as far as carries. I believe he had uh, 17 carries to Nick Chubb's 10. I don't like that split. Not at all. But I hope Stefanski doesn't get cute with this. Like, you can have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb out in the same time. But Nick Chubb, you can't use the excuse that, oh, Nick Chubb just doesn't catch the ball well. That's that's bogus because his carries have gone up since uh, his rookie season. He can do it. Now, I will say Kareem Hunt is the better pass catcher, but you can use Kareem Hunt in a different role. Rashard Higgins is not, you know, light the world on fire as a wide receiver three. Use Kareem Hunt out there. Put him out there so that way you can have that Baker can have another option to throw to. But don't take carries away from Nick Chubb. You've already seen what he can do. He's one of those type of backs that gets stronger as the game goes on. Rely on him in the beginning, and he's going to pay off for you. And I'm talking to Stefanski. Please don't do this to us. (laughs) Don't do this to Nick Chubb. But, you know, Tom Brady had a bad game. People are freaking out. Oh, Tom Brady is not... No, they they had no preseason. No, the training camp was abbreviated. Relax. And I'm not trying to do the Aaron Rodgers thing, but you got to calm down. Take a deep breath. It's week one. A lot of offenses didn't look prolific this, you know, in the beginning. They're going to gradually change because they they're getting in the live action now. They're going to work out the kinks. 
you know, they're going to find their niches and it's going to, they're going to fix each, they're going to fix the offense as they progress in the regular season. This was to be expected. They were going to have issues in the beginning of the season. So calm down. And if you start to panic, you know, start to overreact to players, you know, oh my goodness. And, uh, I don't know what to do. Nick Chubb had a bad game. Should I drop him? Should I trade him? No, relax. Relax. If you still have issues, you know, week two, week three, I'll say around week three, then you start to make, try and make changes to your team. Look at the waiver wire. Back your players up with guys from the waiver wire. And that's why I'm going to share some guys with you uh, that you should be looking at, that you should be looking to grab off the waiver wire. I'm going to drop an article on Tuesday, not too long after the podcast drops. My waiver wire picks for week one heading into week two. Relax. Don't panic because when you panic, your league may smell blood and they're going to send you the dumbest trades to, to try and get your best players to add to their team. Don't fall for it. It's cap. That's all it is. They're trying. They're going to they're going to sense that you panicking. They're going to start. Like, hey, yo, they're going to be sliding your DMs. Hey, man, Nick Chubb ain't look too good, bro. How about you trade me, you know, two kickers and a defense or and a backup running back for Chubb. I hook you up. Don't fall for the okie doke. Relax. Look at the schedule. That'll help you focus on whether or not it's going to be bad. There are other things that you can do. So don't worry. Week one, it sucks to lose week one. I'm not going to fraud and say I, I don't like it. I lost in one of my I lost in my top tier league. I definitely wanted to win week one, but it happens. Don't panic. Trust me, it's, it'll work itself out. And if it doesn't, then you got to flex them GM skills. Week three, week four, start making some changes to your team. Pay attention to the waiver wire. There's going to be other guys that you can pick up. You might have a player that's very valuable. If you have to flip them to get to fill in some spots, pull that trigger. But don't overreact and sell your guy short for one game. Don't do it. But let's get into it, man. I talked enough. You know what to do right now. You know what time it is. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Fantasy's Finest. Don't forget to host. Show us some love. Follow us on Twitter, too. Will at Hype underscore Finest. Jalen at ace underscore ECA four and Mark at McNux. Show us some love and give us some follows, man. We love talking football and we love talking fantasy football with you guys. Always. Even if we trash talking and you Eagles fans, come on, show us some love. Even if you don't like me, cause I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I got a lot of Eagles fans followers. Actually, that's that weird part, but it is what it is. Follow us on Twitter and we can talk some trash to each other for the rest of the season but let's get into some waivers and i'm just going to run this through before i really get into the news so some of the guys that i wanted to talk to you about that caught my attention for waivers i'm gonna give you a a player at each position and i'm gonna save the rest for the uh, waiver article when it drops so at first i got teddy bridgewater um you know the quarterback for the carolina panthers he had a pretty decent game solid 22 for 34 for 270 yards. Uh, He completed 64% of his uh, passes, 64.7%, 7.9 yards per attempt. Threw a touchdown against the Raiders um, for week one. He didn't look too bad. Um, One thing that really caught my eye was him uh, really gelling with Robbie Anderson. Now, uh, shout out to the Real Deal Fantasy. I hope I got his name right. I, I don't have his twitter handle in front of me but he actually called robbie anderson ahead of week one um i was kind of i was kind of on the wagon too but i didn't uh i didn't really say it but i got robbie anderson on a couple of my teams so if you don't doubt me uh you know i could show you on my teams who i have but robbie anderson was a guy that i kind of got the vibe of I got the feeling of like this guy could be something because they've been really talking about how well him and Teddy Bridgewater have been working out in camp. So it's like when you see something like that and you got the space on your, uh, you got the space on your bench, maybe give him an ad and see what happens. You know, if he doesn't work out in two weeks or so, 
you know, and then you can pitch him back to the waiver wire if you feel like you don't need him. But when you see information like that, I always try and jump on players before my fantasy league mates, you know, kind of get wind of certain things. So, you know, just something to keep your eye on, you know, going forward. Uh, Rob Anderson is going to be on the, the waiver wire article since I already brought him up. So you might want to try and add him um, to your fantasy team if you're needing a wide receiver. You know, with Michael Thomas, I, I can't say too much. I'm getting to the news. But let me keep going. Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that you're going – you could use uh, to fill the void for, you know, some of your – or back your guys – back your starter guys up. You know, Tom Brady had a bad game. If you're a little jeer, uh, leery about that, you know, pick Teddy up and back him up. He's got a little rushing floor. He ran for – he had four carries for 26 yards. You know, he's not a prolific runner. Like, he's not like, uh, you know, a Lamar Jackson or, you know, even a Cam Newton. But he can take off when he needs to. And that little bonus is something that could help you out in the long run. Um, You know, the, the style of play that Matt Rule is trying to bring up is he's trying he's trying to do a more downfield passing attack. But, you know, he they do have the players, the wide receivers, to play to Teddy's strength in the closer range game so you know he's he's a guy that i would use if i don't have a qb2 um i would pick him up you know teddy bridgewater is decent i don't think his schedule is too bad and um you know if you need him you want to play the matchups just in case you're scared that your, your qb1 you know if you waited for a qb and your qb1 is not looking good after the first three weeks then you can put teddy in and play the matchup and see how that goes now let's go to the running back position. I actually talked about this a couple episodes ago. Adrian Peterson. Now I know you're like, yo, dude, he's like 35. You know, that's not that's that's not a good waiver wire pick. I told you that if they gave, if Bevel gave Adrian Peterson a chance and he had a good show, he might be able to lock that spot down. Now it's still too early to say that. He did have four. He did have fourteen carries for ninety-three yards. DeAndre Swift is still a little banged up. He was limited in practice all the way up to the start time against the Chicago Bears. Carryon Johnson's got something going on with his uh his leg, so both of them are kind of limited. You know, uh, Carryon only had seven carries. DeAndre Swift only had three, and then he had three targets. But Adrian Peterson he outcarried all of them, and he had a twenty-one yard. He had a long run of 21 yards. Dude's 35 against the Chicago Bears. That's not a bad run defense. And he still was he still was putting in work. And Bevel knows how to use him. They've been they've needed a run game for so long. And I'm not going to say that, you know, uh Peterson is just going to completely take over and they're not going to use the other guys. They are. But if Peterson can get the lion's share of the workload, it doesn't matter what Carrion does. It doesn't matter what DeAndre Swift does. He's a rookie this year. You know, they just may they may just need Peterson to get them through this season. And that's about it. But Peterson, if they keep giving him that kind of work, 15, 14, 17 carries a game, that's that's solid. I would love to have that in my flex every week with the potential for a goal line touchdown or two. You know, once Galladay comes back, the passing game is back on. Uh, it's just something to think about. Let's move on to wide receiver. This one sh- uh, shocked me a little bit. Russell Gage. Now, I wasn't thinking about this guy. And, and, you know, as I was going through my waiver picks, he saw 12 targets. Same as Julio, same as Calvin Ridley. 12 targets. And you know how much Atlanta likes to pass the ball. Ridiculous. Now, they did have to play catch up. Um, They were getting crushed by Seattle. Crushed. So Matt Ryan had to pass a little bit more. Could this change if they don't have to pass as much in certain games? Maybe. But the fact that they were able to rely on, on this guy as a number three wide receiver is good news. Now you're saying like, well, what's, what's so special about this guy? I don't know. I really don't. I'm not going to lie to you. Russell Gage was not on my radar, 
but he's working for the Atlanta Falcons. Muhammad Sanu was the third wide receiver forever and never saw this kind of target share. As far as I can remember, I mean, I could be wrong. He was there for a while, but I don't remember Muhammad Sanu having a 12 target game, you know, going nine for 12 for 114, 114 yards. You can tag me on Twitter and, and let me see that Muhammad Sanu game. I must have missed that. That's okay. But recently, I've never seen a Muhammad Sanu game like that. Me. So if they're going to keep using this guy, why not put in a claim for him? Now, we're going to move to the tight end spot. And I'm going to use, I'm going to put Jimmy Graham on there. Jimmy Graham saw seven targets, three catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. He could have had another touchdown if Mitch Trubisky was a little bit more accurate. But, you know, that's like, calling the sky blue he just he's not an accurate quarterback he did they did win the game they beat the lions but if jimmy graham is still going to be a heavily targeted tight end and they're going to really use that position what do you got to lose if jimmy graham's getting what you want out of your tight end position because once you get past the first four or five guys, you know, your Kittles, your Kelsey's, your Ertz's, your Mark Andrews, maybe Jared Cook too. After those guys, the you know, Hunter Henry did have a good game. I, I can't sleep on him. But Tyrod didn't have a good game. But but that's besides the point. There are a select few of tight ends that really get that kind of target share. You want a piece of that. Even if Jimmy Graham catches four or seven or five or seven or three or seven he's still getting those looks jimmy got to come down with the ball a little bit more but you want that volume and they're going to use him in the red zone so you want that volume you want the potential for touchdowns it's there jimmy graham should be on your waiver wire this year i mean not this year this week he should be a target if you don't have tight ends or if you have a tight end injury like some tight end in San Francisco that might be hurt with a knee injury. Or if you lost Blake Jarwin to a torn ACL, something to think about. But those are the guys that I've uh, been thinking about as far as waivers. Like I said, the full article will be on the fantasiesfinance.com later on Tuesday before you make your picks for the waiver wire ad to go through early Wednesday morning. And if you're like me, I'm a crackhead. I stay up late. (laughs) I do stay up late to see what's going on in waivers. Like, I just want to see who put in what, and then I can go to bed and relax. Like one year I actually set my alarm to go off when waivers go through and then see who did what, and then make my moves after I know that's a little bizarre, but I don't know. If you have a crazy waiver wire story, let me know because that's mine. Staying up like a weirdo till, was it, 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning waiting for waivers to go through. And he'd be like, dang, I wanted that guy. (laughs) But it is what it is. All right. Those are my waiver wire picks. Some of them, like I said, the article drops later on Tuesday. Now, let's get into the news. News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, I already mentioned um, Blake Jarwin going down with a torn ACL. That he went down about the second quarter during the Rams game. It was tough to watch because he was expected to have such a good year. Um, you know, with what how prolific the passing game was supposed to be. You know jury's still out but he was expected to be a big part of that but now you have uh Danny Schultz coming in and he did not look good at all it was like he didn't even prepare just in case something happened to Blake Jarwin and passes was bouncing off his hands and he he just didn't look good I don't know if they're going to use Schultz like they were planning to use Jarwin going forward um I don't know I 
I can't advise you grabbing Danny Schultz. That's a that's a long shot. Um, I don't know. It's just rough. I I had Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin was easy to grab. He was going beyond the thirteenth round. Uh, the value's gone. You know he's lost for the season. Now he's got to prepare for the the twenty twenty one season. It's just a a tough loss. Um, and I already mentioned George Kittle. He had uh he got hit, took a bad hit. It was real awkward how he fell. Um, how he got rolled up on, on his knee. Now he said after the game, um, which I posted on the Instagram and our, on our social media, actually, he said he was fine. And then they come out a little later. Uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan said that, you know, he had a knee sprain and that they were going to check his, check him out, you know, around Wednesday and see what his availability would be, you know, just getting a look at his knee and if there's any swelling or any other damage or, you know, he's just sore and he can't move, you know, they're going to, they're going to weigh him out as the week progresses and see what his available availability will be uh, closer to the week two start. So keep your eye on that. If, you know, if you have to make a pivot, if George Kittle can't play, like I said, check the waivers. Um, Marlon Mack suffered a torn Achilles during the Colts Jags game. Confirmed by the NFL Network. That's a tough loss because he's a free agent next year. Um, The Colts already drafted his replacement. Uh, You know, Frank Reich was saying that they were really going to use Marlon Mack. They kind of did in the beginning. They did in the beginning of the Colts game, but then he went down with that. It looked like an ankle injury, and then they they later confirmed it that it was Achilles. It was a torn Achilles, so he's not going to be in the picture anymore. Um, Unfortunately. You know, I hate this. I hate to say it's like John Jonathan Taylor season, but it's not really something to yuck yuck about because you would want. I think we all, as fantasy owners, were looking for Jonathan Taylor to win the job. You know, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor going at it to you know against each other, and you know they're doing the best they can, and then you know eventually Jonathan Taylor taking over, but not. You know, you don't want to wish injury on any kind of any player. You know, it just kind of sucks for Marlon Mack because now, you know, the Colts don't really have a reason to bring him back next season because, you know, he's already a free agent. He's not going to get a contract now. And like I said, they spent a high value pick on Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, I hope I, I sincerely hope that Marlon Mack uh, lands on his feet. Uh, the Browns tight end David and Joku landed on IR. With a knee injury, he's going to miss the next three games. Uh, so keep your eye on that. If you had David Njoku, um, I don't really see how you would. But, you know, if you did, you know, you're not going to have him for the next three weeks. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle injury per Ian Rappaport. He says that he's going to try and play through it. But you know how tricky high ankle sprains can be. Some players can play through them. A lot of players can't. And it hurts their production. So, you know, whether they're going to use him as a uh, a decoy or, you know, it's risky to for them to use him, you know, to the max of his normal capacity. So I don't know how you can navigate that. If you have, hopefully you drafted wide receiver deep or you can grab a waiver wire like uh, you can grab uh, Robbie Anderson or you can play Mike Thomas and hopefully, you know, they'll still use him like his, like he was all 100%, but. You know, high ankle injuries are tricky, um, and we've seen players try to come back and play through them. We saw Saquon try and do it. He just didn't look right last season uh, when he had his. Um, Alvin Kamara had one, I believe, last season. And, you know, for the first couple of weeks, they just didn't look right. So, you know, hope, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery, but, you know, it's going to be tricky trying to navigate that for the next couple of weeks. Henry Ruggs escaped serious injury on Sunday when he went down with a knee injury against the Carolina Panthers. Um, he was able to return to the game, but he wasn't targeted going forward uh, throughout the rest of the match. Um, that's a situation to keep your eye on. Uh, per this recording, um, there wasn't any new news about Henry Ruggs that I saw, but um, we will be updating our social media just in case you know more news breaks after this. And finally... Jets running back Le'Veon Bell went down with a hamstring injury. Head coach Adam Gase said that it's go- it doesn't look good and he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks. 
Frank Gore is going to be the starter with Le'Veon Bell out. Uh, yeah. So there's that. That'll wrap up our news. Now we can get into the divisional breakdown for the NFC North. Divisional breakdown, the NFC North. All right, so we're going to get into the Green Bay Packers first, you know, since we're doing the NFC North. Um, the Packers finished 13-3. and three. Uh, We kind of saw what the Packers did um, as far as bringing in new talent. Uh, you know, they really didn't bring in a bunch of guys during the draft. They signed Devin Funches, who ended up opting out, you know, for the COVID. Mercedes Lewis signed a one-year deal to, you know, be on the team. Um, but they didn't really give Aaron Rodgers any new weapons. You know, he still have – he still have uh Alan Alan Lazard and uh Marquez Valdez Scantling there. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham is out at tight end. You have Jay Sternberger there. You don't really know what you're getting out of him. It's just it kind of feels like they cheated Aaron Rodgers a little bit. But, you know, as we saw, you know, like I said, we're we're in the season season now, so we're gonna mix the past and the present. Aaron Rodgers is still a bad man, apparently, because he saw that he saw that uh Minnesota Vikings defense and he was licking his chops, man. He he just destroyed them. He he was like, Look, man, y'all gonna know that I can still throw the ball. You know, don't doubt me. That's that that's that kind of game he had. Hopefully he can keep it up, but he was just smoking the uh Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, man. It was ridiculous. You know, he finished the QB nine last year, but it was just like it wasn't the normal Aaron Rodgers, you know, the Aaron Rodgers that you're paying for in fantasy is like uh top five, you know, somewhere, you know, in that range, but he hasn't been that way the last couple of years, you know, whether it's because of injury or, you know, the, the change in uh, head coaching, you know, Matt LaFleur is more, you know, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, which is great for a guy like Aaron Jones, but you know, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who likes, he likes to have weapons in the wide receiver position. He likes to throw the ball. You know, you know, respectfully so, because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So you would figure he wants to have the ball in his hands. He wants to, you know, make that magic happen. But last season, they kind of took the ball out of his hands. They ran the ball a lot more than they have in the past for the Packers. So, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, not Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers, his fantasy stock dropped a little bit. You know, he was going beyond the, the I would say he was going beyond the 10th round. You've never seen Aaron Rodgers uh, down there. He's getting picked up way before that. Like, I've grabbed him in a few leagues, uh, you know, be in, around that range. And it's like, wow, you wait this long and you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers? I'll take him. And if you had him on your fantasy team for week one, you are happy. He, he's the QB, two for week one. Russell Wilson is number one. Crazy, crazy game. Ridiculous. And, uh, you know, when you go and look at Aaron Rodgers' weapons now, you know, maybe it's because he got a little bit more time to gel with them and actually work, you know, even in an abbreviated season, he got to, you know, really trust his guys. And maybe that was enough because Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, he had a great game. I think he had like seven targets, scored a touchdown, uh, second on the team in targets behind Devontae Adams, who had a monster game. Ridiculous. Alan Lazard came up third in targets, four for four. But he had a good game. I think he had like 56 yards. Maybe they, they're clicking now because Aaron Rodgers knows nobody else is coming through that door to help him out. So he's got to work with what he's got. Aaron Jones had a decent game on the ground, I believe. Um, he scored. I think he scored a touchdown as well. I have to double check that. But Aaron Rodgers has still got it. And if you got him on a cheap, you smiling from ear to ear on uh, on this week. That's for sure. But when you move on to Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is one of the top uh, running backs last season. He finished in the top five, over a thousand yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, three passing or three receiving. Rather, Aaron Jones is nice, but 
it's kind of like what's going to go, what's going to happen now. You know, they brought in AJ Dillon out of the draft. He's a bigger running back than um, Aaron Jones. You know, Matt LaFleur said that he wants to use a rotation of running backs. You know how I feel about running back by committees. I think they're stupid. You know, there's no, if you have a guy who's your running back, who's your lead, who gets the job done, who can do it all pass block, rushing in between the tackles outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Why are you getting cute? And we had James Cole on the last episode. And he kind of explained why, you know, certain running backs are used in different ways and why they rotate them a little bit more often than not. And I, I get that premise. Um, or at least I understand it a little better now that he explained it. It's just, man, you know, you have a guy who can get it done. He wants to be the bell cow. He wants to be paid. He wants to, he, he needs another contract. That's what he's still waiting for. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. He's looking for a new, he's looking for that bag. So Aaron Jones, he's definitely lethal. Um, we got to see that last season. Um, he just needs to spread those touchdowns out, you know, a little bit. He had a lot of touchdowns, you know, overall, but a lot of those came in chunk games where he had like four or five touchdowns or three or four, excuse me, three or four touchdowns in one game. Spread those bad boys out a little bit. And then he, he'll be more of a well-balanced fantasy asset. But, you know, with the lurking of A.J. Dillon, I don't think, honestly, I don't believe Jamal uh, Jamal Williams is a threat to be a part of that running back rotation. He just doesn't, he hasn't gotten it done in, you know, forever, it seems like. So Jamal is more to me is more of a Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon at the goal line type of situation. You know, that's that's kind of how I get the vibe. You know, Jamal Williams only had 460 yards last year, one touchdown, 253 yards receiving, three touchdowns. That's man. That's man. Excuse me. He had five touchdowns receiving. But still 250 yards, 253 yards receiving. Most of the work was going to um, Aaron Jones. So it's like, okay, Jamal's there. We can use him, but he's not the, he's not the, he's not the focal point. Aaron Jones was, we're going to bring in Jamal. You know, we're going to bring in Jamal so he can uh, give Aaron Jones a break. That's about it. But now you have AJ Dillon there who can bring, who can bring work, take work from a, uh, Aaron Jones at the goal line are they going to do it don't know it's just week one we'll have to see going forward you know we already talked about the wide receiver position Devonte adams is the man he's going to be heavily targeted um some have him as the wide receiver one rightfully so because he's going to see a lot of targets and a lot of work from aaron Rodgers. that's his that's his that's the apple of aaron Rodgers' eye you're what you're looking for as a fantasy owner, you're looking for that number two. Because you can't just you can Aaron Rodgers can funnel a lot of targets to uh, to Adams, but you need a number two wide receiver there to take some of that work. So that way when defenses start rolling around and trying to take Adams away, the ball can go elsewhere. Is it gonna be Alan Lazard? Is it gonna be Marquez Valdez Cantling? Week one says it's looking at MVS way. Seven targets to to um, Lazar's four. Maybe that's the that's the way. I would take a chance on MVS. Hopefully he can be consistent. You know that's what Rogers pet peeve. You got to be consistent with him. So maybe it turns out that way. Jay Sternberger at tight end is behind Mercedes Lewis. They haven't really used the tight end, you know, for a while. You kind of hope that, you know, with Matt LaFleur there, they start using the tight end a little bit more like they did in tennis, uh, Tennessee, you know, because they had Delaney Walker. But apparently that the talent level between what Delaney Walker was in Tennessee and Mercedes Lewis now is like night and day. And I don't see I could be wrong, but I don't see that happening. I don't think Rodgers focuses on using the tight end anymore. 
Not like that. So it is what it is at that point as far as tight end goes. Mercedes Lewis should not be on your fantasy team. There's no reason to have him. It's just, he doesn't he's not gonna get the targets. I don't think he's gonna get the targets, you know. He's don't have Mercedes Lewis on your team. Don't just don't do it to yourself. Don't reach for that. All right, moving on. We're gonna go to the Minnesota Vikings next. They finished ten and six, second in the division. Kirk Cousins, he finished the QB fifteen on the season. He's a fringe top, you know, fringe top fifteen guy. Nothing he does is like, wow, did Kirk Cousins really do that? You don't have that kind of impression of Kirk Cousins most of the time. He may sparkle a little bit here and there, but it's like, okay, this is this is what you're going to get from Kirk. He did have a good, he had a pretty decent season last year, um, but in terms of fantasy, not enough to get you over the hump or barely, depending on how you built your team. Um, They have some new pieces too. They traded out Stefan Diggs. He's in Buffalo now. Um, They brought in Dan Bailey, Tajay Sharp, um, and Amir Abdullah through free agency, you know, through free agency. But, the guy there is Dalvin Cook behind, you know, the starting running back. He's the star there. So Kirk Cousins basically relies on, you know, Dalvin Cook the most. And then when you go to the wide receiver position, you have uh, Adam Thielen there. I don't think their scheme is going to lend to, of course, uh, giving Dalvin Cook the ball short range stuff until they fall behind. Like we saw in week one against green Bay. When the, when they fall behind, that's when you're going to see Kirk cousins chucking the ball. But if Dalvin cook is getting the job done on the ground, they have the lead. You're not going to get that. And you can't rely on Kirk cousins to throw the ball consistently when their game plan is that way. It's too one-sided. They're going to have the lead sometimes, and Kirk Cousins is going to do squat. And then there's going to be other times where they lose the lead or they get blown out, and now Kirk Cousins has to throw a lot. That's not something you really want to rely on. That's too up and down. At least with somebody like, you know, Matt Ryan, they're, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Pass-heavy pass heavy QBs are what you want to look at. Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to shake the rust off. He's a little cheaper. But you know they're going to pass the ball. Jared Goff, he looked a little weird, you know, in the beginning of the, in, in the beginning of week one, you know, even against Dallas, who couldn't stop, you know, my grandma in a wheelchair, you know, if she was if she made it past the line of scrimmage, it was bonkers to look at. But Jared Goff was getting it done, even though he didn't score a touchdown and he threw one interception. But, you know, eventually they're going to have to uncork that that quarterback and they're going to be one of the higher passing volume teams. Kirk Cousins is not going to give you that kind of ceiling. It, it, they rely on the run game. They may not be able to rely on a defense this time, but, you know, they're really going to try and control the clock, get Dalvin Cook the ball, get him involved and build the lead and let him milk it. And then bring in Alexander Madison to wear the game out. That's what they're going to do. You can't rely you can't rely on Kirk Cousins to lead your fantasy team. Maybe in a couple spots, maybe off the waivers for a bye week, but I don't I can't trust Kirk Cousins with my fantasy team. Dalvin Cook on the other hand, I can trust as long as he stays healthy. And like I told like I don't really care for the handcuff game too much, but when you got guys like Dalvin Cook and James Conner who are who have get, who have gotten bitten by the injury bug quite a bit, you got to get their handcuffs. So if you drafted Dalvin Cook, you have to have Alexander Madison on your team just for security purposes. But when Dalvin Cook's healthy, he's definitely one of he's the top 10 running back. You could argue top top 5. He's just too talented. He does it all. So when you add him to your fantasy team, whew, Good Lord. That's a bad man right there. 
Alexander Madison is not bad either. And should Dalvin Cook go down and miss extended time, Alexander Madison can't get the job done. He just he he's just waiting for his opportunity. And he's got to wait behind Dalvin Cook. So make sure you got that handcuff. Now at the wide receiver position, I don't get I don't maybe they don't want to rush uh Justin Jefferson too much. You know, he's a rookie, you know, all the COVID stuff, blah, blah, blah. But you you got him in the first round. You had to have some implication that he this kid can play. He can play inside and out. So how is he starting as the he's the wide receiver three behind BC Johnson? Who's BC Johnson? I I can be uninformed about BC. I've who is he? I don't know. But you spent a first round pick on a wide receiver who you're only going to play in wide receiver three wide receiver sets. Now Jefferson could work his way up, um, but that's something that you have to wait for. So if you got him on your team now, you have to understand that he's going to be a stash. He's going to be one of those. A lot of rookies are going to be that latter half of the season, you know, awakening, especially this year because of COVID. So if you drafted Justin Jefferson, you know, you're looking at using him or getting him for the later half of the season. Not right now. So hold on to him. Um, you know, for now, you, if you have Adam Thielen, as long as he stays healthy, um, he's going to be, he could crack the top 10 in wide receivers because they don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. Now, I do like the potential of, uh, when you move to the tight end position, I do like the potential of Irv Smith. And I hope they get him more involved. Kyle Rudolph, I don't know what it is about him. They paid him a bunch of money. He got a new deal, and it's like they don't even bother to use him at all. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm missing something. You tell me. But Irv Smith could be one of those low-key guys that you grab, and he kind of blows up because there has to be a legitimate number two or number three, for that matter, uh, in that passing attack. And right now, I don't think that they have that. I can't see BC Johnson being that guy. You got Adam Thielen and you have the potential of Justin Jeffer Jefferson waiting in the wings. But right now, those are the only two guys. I mean, you can count Dalvin cook too. He's going to get passes out of the backfield, but I'm looking more so at the wide receiver and tight end positions um, in terms of passing. And right now, Adam Thielen is the guy and you know, BC is BC. And that's it. I, I, Irv Smith, I'm hoping he has a breakout, some kind of breakout. It doesn't have to be huge, but it just has to. It just has to work or be consistent enough that you can add him to your team and get some value for him. But that may be one of those wait and see things too. Now moving on to the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears finished eight and eight. They brought in uh, Nick Foles to try and uh, fight for the job. He ended up losing it in camp. Mitchell Trubisky is the starter, at least for now. He didn't do too bad against the Detroit Lions in week one. He threw three touchdowns. I think he cracked uh, 250 yards. Might be, I think, like 220, though, 227. But he won the game, which feels like a setup because the Detroit Lions secondary is not good. So it's like, okay, it feels like, yeah, we're going to start Mitchell Jabisky today because this this matchup is pretty much a cakewalk. And then to top it off, they really didn't win the game until the fourth quarter. So it's like, okay, well, that happened, but he still won the game. You know, Matt Nagy can hold his head up high like, you know, he still got it done. But you still got Nick Foles lurking in, lurking in the background. And it feels like the moment Mitchell Trubisky messes up, Foles is coming in. I don't know. It just kind of feels that way. 
but you don't bring in a, a backup quarterback with the potential to try and take the job from him for nothing. So just keep your eye on that. They got Jimmy Graham. They got him signed to a two-year deal worth $16 million. And he seems like he's going to be a part of their offense. Um, they do have um, Anthony Miller. They have Allen Robinson. Um, David Montgomery, who's looking to re- to bounce back from his rookie year. Um, if they If they treat Jimmy Graham kind of like how they treated Trey Burton before the injury started kicking his butt, Jimmy Graham could be a low-key asset. You know, a lot of people wrote him off after, you know, Green Bay. But you got to remember, even after he left the Saints, his couple years in Seattle weren't bad. He caught a lot of touchdowns in those couple years in Seattle. I don't know what happened between, you know, him leaving Seattle and then going to Green Bay. He got a little older, yes. Um, He had some injuries that got in the way. But like I said before about Mercedes Lewis, I don't think that the Packers are a real good fit for tight ends. They don't really use them like that. Not since Jermichael Finley left. So maybe here, you know, Matt Nagy, a disciple of Andy Reid's coaching tree, maybe they start using a tight end a little bit more like, I won't say like, you know, the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey, but Trey, Trey Burton's first year there, he saw a lot of work, and then he got uh, hit with a groin injury. So, I don't know, man. I'm liking Jimmy Graham's uh, his workload so far. He saw seven targets against Detroit. I like volume. And you know he's going to get in the end zone eventually, as long as Mitchell Trubisky can hit him. But the work is there. I don't sleep on Jimmy. Pay attention to Jimmy. Watch his uh, watch his volume because you know they're not gonna. You know Mitchell Trubisky is not accurate. He's not gonna, you know, throw the ball. He's gonna try and throw the ball all over the place. But he, Jimmy Graham is gonna be closer to Mitchell Trubisky to bail him out. And in PPR, volume is king. He just got to catch those targets. That's all. <laughs> that's all for Jimmy. He got to come down with more than uh, what he had seven, three for seven. Let me see what he had. He had a. Uh, he had yeah, three for seven for twenty five yards. Come on, you got to do more than that. You getting the targets? You got to come down with a lot more than that. But like I said, the volume's there. So, in PPR, volume is king, because the the opportunity is there to grab grab uh catch passes for wide receivers and tight ends make some make some change that will work um i guess that's really it for the chicago bears all right so now let's go over to the detroit lions matthew stafford's back after being bumped out for with a back injury um their running back group is kind of banged up right now which is why they signed Adrian Peterson before the start of the season. Um, it sucked that Kenny Galladay went down with a hamstring injury, but there was a lot of, a lot of hand, the hamstring bug was out biting players this week. You know, Evans went down with one. Well, he played, but he was more of a decoy. Either that or Marshawn Lattimore just completely phased him out of the game. So take it for what you want. I'm going to say, you shouldn't have played Mike Evans anyway because of that injury. He may he may have said he was 100%, but you don't take – Brady's not scared. When's the last time Brady was scared of a number one corner? I don't know. Take one shot? What do you have, one or two targets the whole game? Yeah. I, as soon as they say, oh, he's going to give it a try, I was like, nope, to the bench you go. Not taking a chance. But Kenny Galladay missed week one with a hamstring injury. Um, so that's Matthew Stafford's biggest weapon going bye-bye for week one. He still have Marvin Jones. Uh, they still have uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I hope they involve more in the offense this year. Um, he, I feel like he has the potential to really be one of the better tight ends in the league. 
he just needs the opportunity. They need to throw him the ball more. They need to get him more involved in the offense. Um, because he's just he's he's a big guy. He's like six five. I would say he's like Gronk like. But you gotta get him involved in the in the in the game. You know, you have to use him. And they didn't really use him outside of that that week one blow up game where he had over 140 yards in 2019. Gotta use uh TJ Hawkinson a little bit more. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he finished the QB twenty nine, even though he missed eight games. You know, that's not a good mark, but it's like, okay, you figure he would have just fell out of the fell out of the top thirty. But he was the thing about Matthew Stafford last season was that he was on pace to have such a great season over 4,000 yards four over 4,500 yards, actually, and 38 touchdowns. That's the on pace. That's what he was. That's what he could have done if he had kept up the pace that he was going. He was the QB six over the first nine weeks of the season. Well, first eight, you know, they had a bye week in between there, but he was the QB six. And then he had a back injury. Matthew Stafford can ball. His team just sucks. That's that it is bad for Matthew Stafford because you feel like his talent is being wasted in Detroit. And you know that the moment that he has a chance to go somewhere or go to another team, he's gonna he could be lights out, but he's stuck in Detroit, so he's gotta make the best of it. He's still slinging it. Um, he's got weapons to be able to get the job done. He just needs other parts of the, he needs a run game. You know, they drafted DeAndre Swift um, in the second round. They have Carrion Johnson, but Carrion's hurt every year. And now DeAndre Swift is hurt in the beginning of the season. Hopefully he can come back and uh, be a little more, get healthy. But now you have Adrian Peterson there and it looks like Peterson could get the job or at least, you know, a lion's share of the work. That's what it looks like to me. Bevel's comfortable in using him. 14 carries without even having to go through practice. I mean, like training camp, like they were, these guys were practicing for weeks. But they Bevel knows how to use Adrian Peterson, so there's no learning curve for him. He's had him in Minnesota, remember? So... If Bevel's used to him and you finally give Matthew Stafford a running game, maybe he can actually compete for the division. Maybe. Maybe. But at least you give him a fighting chance. They haven't had a run game in God knows how long. I dare say Barry Sanders, but there had to be another guy in between Sanders and carry on Johnson. It is what it is. But right now, Adrian Peterson looks like the back to own for how long is the question? Because, like I said, if DeAndre Swift comes back and he's healthy, but Adrian Peterson has a lock on the starting role, they could those two could be in a two headed committee. And then you throw in carry on Johnson for a couple carries when he comes back or vice versa. It could be carry on and Adrian Peterson with DeAndre Swift getting a couple carries. For now, it's just going to be it's it looking it's looking like a committee, but that's the only one I really want a part of. I'll take Adrian Peterson and worry about the rest because, you know, eventually carry on Johnson's going to get hurt. It's just the story of his career so far. You don't want it. You don't want that to happen to your rookie, but he's had injury concerns before he came into the league. So that's just something you got to keep your eye on. Um, at the wide receiver position, Kenny Galladay is one of the best in the league. Finished, uh, I believe, top 11th in PPR. Had 11 touchdowns, led the league in touchdowns among wide receivers. Kenny can ball. Marvin Jones is, he has his moments. I like Marvin Jones. I like the fact that you can get him for cheap in your fantasy leagues. But, you know, he, he just... I don't know what it is about him, man. Like he's really, he's talented, but he just don't, he don't stay healthy either. He gets banged up a lot. 
but he's a he's a bona fide deep threat. He just needs to stay on the field. And then uh, who you got back there at the third wide? It don't even matter because they don't use him like that. Danny Amendola, he's done. If that if he's still there, I might be wrong on that one. He might not even be there anymore. But you have a lot in this division. You have a lot of weapons. You have a lot. You have you have pretty decent options for fantasy in the NFC North. You know, Rodgers is not going away. Devontae Adams and Kenny Galladay are probably the, in the best situations as far as, you know, quarterback play. Allen Robinson is going to benefit from a boatload of targets because, you know, the Chicago Bears, you know, they're good. Who else is there in that offense? You know, you have, I feel like this for Chicago, you have decent options like Anthony, Anthony Miller and, you know, Allen Robinson, but you need a better, you need better quarterback play for those, for them to benefit. You know, you saw last season, the latter half of last season where uh, Mitch Trubisky was just chucking a ball to it. They had like, uh, you know, Trey Burton was hurt. Uh, David Montgomery got banged up a little bit. And they were just throwing a ball to Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. That's great. But because Mitchell is so bad as far as in terms of accuracy, you got to throw those targets. Those aren't all of those targets aren't great targets. Volume is good, though. I'm not going to backtrack on that. So that's why I would say like Allen Robinson's third in the, in that division as one of the best wide receivers in the division. But QB play from Rodgers and Stafford is far above Mitchell Trubisky. Adam Thielen is nice, but he's getting older. He got banged up last season. He got me a little jaded because before coming into the 2019 season, I had him at uh, the wide receiver 14 on my rankings because I was worried about him getting hurt. And then what happened? He got hurt. But now he's the focal point because Stefan Diggs isn't there anymore. They're waiting for Justin Jefferson to take over um, that, that wide receiver two spot. Or else why do you draft a wide receiver that high not to use him? So, you know, if I had to pick a team out of that division to win it again, we got to go with Rodgers. From top to bottom, they have the best team in the division. Best, better defense. I dare say a better defense than maybe Chicago. Minnesota lost all of their secondary to free agency. They got rookies back there, which is got why Devontae Adams chewed them up. Chicago's defense is up and down. They're one of the better defenses, but they're not infallible. And the Detroit Lions defense is bad. So, I, you know, it would have to be a heck of a stretch for the Detroit Lions to come out on top as a division leader. So you got to give it to Green Bay. They're going to come out of the division again. It's just what, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy over there, he doesn't get hurt or he doesn't get sick from COVID or any other sideways thing. It's going to be the Packers again, but that's the end of our show. We're going to wrap this episode up. So like I said before, Make sure you check out the fantasiesfinance.com. The waiver wire article, waiver wire article will be released not too long after this the podcast released on Tuesday. And hopefully we get our guys back, but I say that every episode. <laughs> I just want to say it so I get on their nerves, but they uh I always talk to them, so they as long as they're good, um I'm fine with it. You know, family first and then fantasy. You know, Jalen had to take care of his wife. You know, she got a little sick. Mark is uh, handling business on his on his other ventures. He's got some kind of filming thing. We talked a little while ago, and he's doing some kind of filming thing. So, you know, show him some love. He's got trying to get some things done on his end. You know, wish him wish him well, and you know, hope he locks it down. And if you haven't checked out his check out his Twitch uh, channel, um, it's pretty good. It's funny to watch Mark play video games and then he gets frustrated when stuff goes wrong. <laughs> he cracks me up, man. So whenever I need like a pick me up, 
I check out his stream and see what he's doing and who he's uh he's fussing at. Um, at, depending on what game he's playing, I think the last couple of games he's been playing is like Fall Guys, and um, he's been getting robbed in them. So it's just hilarious to watch him. You know, to lose is is funny. But uh oh, and let me get a special shout out to uh to Mike Crum, uh, one of the one of the podcast guys over at Across the Cowboys. Um, he was gonna join me for this episode. But he wasn't able to come on because of his setup. They like to use Anchor to record. So it wasn't something that we could do um, because our setup is a little different. So, you know, thanks for trying to come in, Mike, man. I really appreciate you trying to help me out. Um, He was trying to he was plotting on Mark's spot. He was trying to steal his spot because he's a Denver Broncos fan. (laughs) Mark, you better watch him, man. Mike trying to come over here and sneak your spot, man. You better be careful. But uh, thanks, Mike, for trying to pitch in and help out. Uh, hopefully, we can get a get a joint podcast, a cross podcast together with the guys across the Cowboys and um, the Fantasy's Finest. That would be awesome. So, uh, I think that'll be it for the episode. Um, I'm going to do a I'm going to do a fantasy tracker across my league. So I'm gonna let you know, let you guys know what my record is uh, for Week One across all of my leagues. So stay tuned for that on my Twitter account. But that'll end it for uh, this episode. You guys take it easy, and we'll talk to you on our next episode. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.